0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: believe. Welcome into this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. I'm your host Ryan Stone, and uh, this week I'm gonna focus on NC State with the Wolfpack or the Pack Nine, of course, uh, advancing to the College World Series. And joined in by uh, by special guest Andrew Sanders, who is the play by play for NC State baseball. For Learfield IMG. so so Andrew, the first thing I gotta ask you, I gotta kind of put you on the spot a little bit. All right. <laughs> after after the the twenty one to two blowout loss on Friday, did you think it was it was any way possible NC State was gonna still advance to the College World Series? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and uh, and that's not just you know rose
0: tinted glasses, and that's not just blind optimism. Um, you know, the thing about the Super Regional is. It's not about who wins game one, although obviously you're trying to win game one. It's certainly not about how much you win game one by. Uh, It's about who can win, you know, the first two games out of three. And so uh, this team absolutely still had a shot. And, you know, for for some people that maybe didn't get a chance to watch that game and they just see the final score and they say, holy cow, you know, they scored 21 runs. You know, Coach Avent decided to save some of his pitching because Arkansas had gotten up to a a pretty good lead early in the first few innings. And so he saved some of his pitching And with the rationale being, you know, if if you're going to win game one, it's going to take a lot of runs. So it's going to be more dependent on the bats than the pitching. And uh, obviously, you know, that score kind of ballooned up there. But they set themselves up to have success and have their best bullpen guys available on Saturday and Sunday. And I think you, you saw that... That decision paid off really well because uh, they were able to hold a very dangerous Arkansas offense that you know leads the country in walks and in home runs. Uh, they score better than seven and a half runs per
1: game, and you know we're able to hold them to seven runs total in the final two. Yeah, certainly uh, an incredible strategy that uh, that worked out well. No question about that. Uh, things really kind of turned around quick for the for the ACC. I mean, for for like context, on Saturday. I was literally Googling, like, trying to figure out when the last time the ACC didn't have a team in the College World Series was. Uh, and then we end up with two teams in the College World Series. And it's the two teams that got off to, to really bad starts to, uh, to, start the, uh, to start the season with NC State and, uh, and Virginia. What do you think that says about the ACC? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it speaks to the resiliency of
0: both of those teams, both state and Virginia. And also, um, you know, this is a very deep league. And it it was tough to tell this year because we played mostly a conference-only schedule. There were very few non-conference games. And and a lot of conferences did something like that, where some conferences played only conference-only schedules. And then uh, some played, you know, very sparingly few games uh, in the non-conference. So I think this year, more than ever, it was kind of tough to tell it was hard to compare conferences uh but you know seeing seeing this league all year not really being able to see too much of anybody else I mean this the ACC is always so good and I certainly felt like it was a strong league this year I think there were you know several teams it just speaks to how tough it is to get to Omaha because there were several other teams in the league that I felt like you know had a good shot I mean Notre Dame came up just one game short. I think Georgia Tech is a very good ball club. Uh, they ran into Vanderbilt. Uh, Duke is a very good ball club, but they could not get out of the Tennessee regional. I mean, Florida State. There's there's just a lot of strong teams in the ACC as as there always is, and you know it's exciting that there are there are two teams in, in the ACC that that were able to make it to Omaha and they're on opposite sides of the bracket, so. Uh, that's pretty cool. And they, you never know;
1: they could meet up uh, in the finals. Yeah, certainly would be uh, would be huge for the ACC. No question about that. You mentioned you know how, how hard it is to get to Omaha, and for Coach Coach Avent, who's been there for, for so long and is so revered uh, by so many people across the uh, across the league. Uh, what do you think this uh, this means to him and to the uh, to the program in general?
0: I mean, it's just huge. Anytime you can make Omaha, it's, you know, the third time in school history, and. He's done it twice, um, and I think it, it just shows even further. I mean that that he is one of the best in the game, and, and one of the best to ever do it. And um, you know, it's just so huge for the program. And, and you see, you know how how loved Coach Avin is by all of all of his players, because you see a bunch of former players uh, on social media, and they're so excited about the team going to Omaha. And I know they've got a, a ton of guys um, that are that were either on the 2013 team or just guys that have played for Coach Aiden over the years that are you know, making their travel plans, and and they want to be there. So, uh, you know, Coach coach has said, you know, when you make it to Omaha, it's it's not just about that year's team. It's more about, you know, everybody who's ever been a part of the program, uh, you know, that has kind of built the program up and put it in this kind of position. Uh, It's just a a huge win for for everybody involved. And and they're all so excited to kind of get together and and have a reunion in Omaha and, and watch this team, the 2021 team, you know, go and
1: search for a national championship. Yeah, it's certainly going to be uh, be big and be interesting to uh, to watch. No question about that. I, you know, you, you spoke a little bit about the resilience, but uh, I mean, this team—they you know, they started one and eight uh, in ACC play to uh, to start the season. What what do you think uh, allowed this team? Uh, somebody that got to watch them up close all season. What do you think allowed this team to be able to turn it around and, and make it to this point? Yeah, I think the first thing is it kind of goes back to what we were
0: talking about earlier. Is that uh, this team was, while they did, obviously, they got off to a slow start. This was not a bad baseball team at any point. Um, and, you know, when you don't have very many non-conference games, they, they played three non-conference games and then jumped right into ACC play. They, they had one week, apparently, a, a shortened spring season uh, to get ready for the season and jumped right into the deep end of the pool where you're in the ACC and you see Georgia Tech, who's a, who's a team that maybe could have made it to Omaha, and a Miami team that had the number one recruiting class and as much talent as anybody in the country, and then a Louisville team that, that you know, they, they kind of floundered down the stretch, but they were, they were top ten, uh, top five okay. back then, and they, they have as much talent as anybody as well. I'm, I'm shocked that that team did not make the postseason uh, with as much talent as they have, so you play three really good teams in the ACC, and so that that is certainly part of it, and the other part of it is they had a two-week Covid break. They were without some players for that that Louisville series, and uh, also had a bunch of bullpen injuries. And so, at the start of the year, it seemed like you know everything that that could go wrong, you know, did, and the, the deck was kind of stacked against them. But you know, to their credit, they just they just always believed, in, and they have that resilience. They have that toughness, and so uh, they, they knew that they were a new ball club, and they started to show that we're able to turn things around, which is you know shouldn't be overlooked because a lot of teams could have. You know maybe hung their heads and and thought okay well i guess you know i guess we're just not that good but this team just they never lost that belief and uh really to answer your question what actually helped them turn around you know you know things things seem to be you know just going wrong and uh they got some guys healthy and they were able to kind of solidify their pitching roles was the if you can point to one thing and say what what was the difference uh they solidified some pitching roles. And from from that point on, from one and eight onward, uh, you know they were able to get really good quality starting pitching on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And not many teams can say that. They were able to get lights out pitching uh, out of the bullpen, uh, really, any any midweek, really, from just two guys, Evan Justice and Chris Billman. And so they were able to have essentially a five man pitching staff and, and pitch it well enough. And then as good as this offense is, it's the best
1: offense in the ACC. Um, they were able to string together quite a few wins. Yeah, they, they certainly were. I, you know, you, you mentioned the the talent, and it, if you look at the stats. I mean, it speaks for it speaks for them for itself. I mean, they, you know, they have four guys that hit over three hundred. One another guy just below, and then they have two guys that you know don't hit it as consistently, but they've put up twenty seven home runs uh, between them this year in uh, in Brown and and Tresh. Just talk about you know. How how dangerous you know it is this lineup for, for people that you know haven't gotten a chance to uh, to watch NC State but but uh, you know maybe tuning in this uh, this coming weekend. Yeah, it's it's such a
0: good lineup, and,
1: and I think it, it really speaks
0: to the approach that they're taught from Coach Hart. And uh, you know, it's a team that doesn't strike out a lot. They're not going to expand the zone a ton. Uh, they, they have an approach. They're going to work pitchers, and and they see good pitching in the ACC. They've seen very good pitching in the postseason. And they just go up there with a plan, and they typically are able to wear down opposing teams pitching. Where you know maybe maybe the first time maybe they jump out early, but maybe not. Maybe maybe uh, you know it takes one or two times through the order, but it's just so taxing for opposing pitchers because it's not where it's you know the top of the lineup, the, the top three or four in the lineup are about as good as you'll see in college baseball. But uh, it, the strength of the lineup one through nine is such that. There's no spots where an opposing pitcher can kind of take a breath. Like you said, you know, they've got guys down there at the bottom of the lineup, six and seven, that can run the ball out of the ballpark at any time. And, um, and, you know, a couple of quality hitters with speed can bunt, you know, and then she can Jarrett it down at the bottom of the lineup. They've come up with some clutch hits down the stretch. And so it it really is a, a lineup one through nine. And I'm so happy for this team to be able to make Omaha because I felt like Last year's team was also an Omaha caliber team, and obviously didn't get. We never, we'll never know just how far that team could have gone. So for them to be able to to come back this year and, and just show how how deep they are lineup wise, and, and to be able to make this run has been really really satisfying to see because uh, you know these guys work so hard and they are so talented, and, and you know it, they they missed out
1: on on what could have been last year, and so really deserving of a run this year. They were able to make it happen. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly the case. And we're talking to uh, Andrew Sanders, the play-by-play voice for uh, NC State baseball for Learfield IMG. I, you also touched on the pitching staff. I mean, you, you mentioned you know basically they have five starters, uh, and all of them have an ERA under five. Which, is, which for anybody that doesn't cover college baseball, that that's that's pretty rare. You don't see a lot of uh, a lot of pitching rotations. That are uh, are that deep. So you know how uh, how special ha- is this pitching rotation? How special have they been? Yeah, they've been
0: tremendous. I mean, uh, you know, when they were sitting there at one eight, I still, you know, obviously I talked about the team's belief. I just me personally, you know, I I still thought the team was was really good. And I, you know, I had some some friends of mine text me and say, hey, you know, I thought you said this team was good. What's going on? I said, you know, I don't think I'm wrong. I, I still think they're good. Uh, but, they were kind of in a position of the pitching staff where uh, there were just so many injuries on this team. Really unfortunate because I thought that that the bullpen was going to be one of the strengths of this team. And and that's kind of the scary thing is this team honestly could have been even more dangerous, uh, but they were bitten by the injury bug. And so, you know, those five guys really just put the the team on their shoulders. And uh, and you can't say enough about the the starters because they were asked to basically, you know, hey, you're going to have to go five or six innings every start. and and hold teams and I think it it helps those pitchers I I can't I can't say enough about them but it certainly helps the pitching staff that this has been one of the top five defensive teams in the country all year and so they know you know if you have to go deep into a ball game how do you do that well you got to throw stripes and and that's what all of them do Uh, they pound the strike zone and they can be confident in doing that because they know they have a top defense behind them. That if the other team puts the ball in play, there's a good chance that the ball is going to get run down to the outfielder. There's a good chance that the infielder is going to take care of it. So I think that defense that really goes hand in hand. That gives the pitchers a lot of confidence. And, and then also, I mean, the offense helps as well because they know. Look, I don't have to go out here and necessarily shut out the other team or you know hold just one run. But if I get you talk about that ERA under five, you know, if, if uh, they know that if we. To start, and uh, and maybe somebody out of the bullpen and hold the opposing team to say four or five runs. Most days, that's going to be good enough with this offense. So, uh, the, you know, the pitching staff has just been unbelievable with how they have been able to go deep in so many games, and and just give the offense a chance. And more times than not, you know, the run support has shown up and has been there for them. And so, it's been a it's been
1: a total team effort. It's it's offense, it's defense, and and uh, and pitching. Yeah, they've, they've certainly been uh, been really good, no question about that. I, the road doesn't doesn't get any easier for them, as you would expect, uh, going to uh, going to Omaha. But they they open with a Stanford team that absolutely blew out Texas Tech in uh, in two games this uh, this past weekend. So, just you know, what are your thoughts on on that matchup to kind of start off uh, the College World Series for pac 9 Yeah, it's funny, you know, because when you go on the road and, and beat the unanimous number one team and
0: and a team that had not lost a series all year, you, you think that, you know, things would maybe get easier. But, I mean, I think well said by you. And that uh, you know, once you get to Omaha, I mean, every step just gets tougher and tougher. And any team that makes Omaha is a very, very good ball club. And uh, to be honest, I have not seen Stanford play uh, all year. I saw I saw a couple innings of, of what they were able to do in Lubbock. And, uh, man, were they impressive. And so uh, Texas Tech Texas does not lose super regionals at home so and and Stanford didn't just beat them I mean they they blew them out so uh they're going to be extremely tough and then uh you know you look at the other two teams in the pod and Vanderbilt has two of the best pitchers in the country and this is maybe the best offensive team that Arizona has had and that's a program with a ton
1: of good history so uh it's it does it just gets tougher and tougher and you know you kind of reset the postseason now and it turns into another regional and uh and you've got, you've got three really incredible teams in the regional, So, you know, it's kind of the same thing as going into the, the regional that they had down in Ruston, where, you know, you just try to start 1-0, get to 2-0. And if you can get to 2-0 and be in that winner's bracket, uh, then you've got, a, you've got a good shot to advance. Well, I mean, as resilient as this team's been, it's obviously served them well all season, uh, especially coming off what happened at, uh, at Arkansas. And also the fact, I mean, this team's 19-4 on the road. Uh, this uh, this season, which is just a, an incredible road record. Uh, how how much do you think that helps this team uh, in these circumstances? Yeah,
0: this is a team that they've got so much experience and so many veterans. They just you know that road record tells you. I mean, they just do not get rattled. Uh, it doesn't matter if there's eleven thousand fans like there were at Lone Walker Stadium in Fayetteville, Arkansas last weekend. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if they're facing a deficit. Uh, this is this is a team that has, you know, honestly, that road record is is better than most good teams' home record. I mean, 19-4 is ridiculous. So uh, they've just been so good, and it's, it's because when they, you know, when they get in some adverse situations and they're trailing by a couple runs, they just, they're just a very, very tight-knit group. These guys love each other, and, and they love their head coach. And they just, they have no, no panic in them at all. They just believe that, that you know, it's a long game, and they've got 27 outs to make it happen, and they believe that they're going to make it happen, and more times than not this year they
1: have. Yeah, that's uh, certainly been the case, uh, especially on the road. Like you said, that's just uh, just an incredible road record. Again, we've been talking to uh, to Andrew Sanders, who is the play-by-play voice for uh, for Pac-9 baseball on Learfield IMG. Make sure you listen to him. Uh, this weekend as they take on Stanford, it's uh, the opening game of the College World Series on Saturday at uh, 2 o'clock. You can check it out on the, uh, on the TuneIn app. Uh, Andrew, appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to join us uh, so much today.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And that's uh, good stuff from, uh, from Andrew Sanders, the play-by-play voice for NC State Baseball. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. As always, you can get more episodes on Apple and Spotify and anywhere